0: Man, it's an awesome day for me today. Um, and I, I didn't intend for this to happen, so it was like a fantastic surprise, like spontaneity, like the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit, right? But um man, I, I've known Shelley and Gary since, I think March of 2012, where they come strolling into the old building out of the blue, right? And uh, they've just been great friends of mine for years. They uh, great counsel with Gary um, and with Shelly, man, Shelly is really in tune to the Holy Spirit and, you know, prays for me a lot and uh, blesses me with her encouragement and what she gets from the Holy Spirit. And something I've learned about Shelly is she's very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, right? And when she gets something, she's got something to say. And so, man, I don't know if you guys could tell, but last week I was fired up to preach. And I was fired up to be preaching for a while now. And so after the message, Shelly's like, I really feel compelled that the Holy Spirit has me to say something next week. And I argued with her for a second. I was like, no, 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 no. She's like, I feel like it has to be after this message. I was like, no, 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 no. Because I feel like what I have to say has to be after this message. And I could just see her looking at me like, and I was like, okay. All right. Yes, you will preach next week. Hallelujah. I'm not going to argue with the Holy Spirit. Um, So without any further ado, we'll bring Shelly up here. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit.
1: God You're welcome. You. You're welcome. You. Thank you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Becky, am I on? Okay. Um, first of all, good morning. I'm gonna put on my eyes so I can see y'all better. Um, I do wanna say I am not a preacher. That is not who I am. I'm not a preacher. Ooh, that's loud. And I'm not a doctrinal teacher. That's not who I am either. What I think I am, or, or wait, let's just clarify. And I'm not a big dog. I'm not a big dog, and that's a shout out to my Canadian friend, okay? Um, What I think I am is I'm a sharer of things that are shown to me. Um, I think I'm a word giver. Um, I am, I, I do feel like I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit a lot. And um, I I take that as a very nice compliment, Greg, I appreciate that. Um, But what I believe God's been showing me for quite some time now, pretty much um, since the beginning of GRC, he's been doing doing a work and he had a purpose and a plan for this body. And uh, it started a long time ago. So I wanna go back there, talk about that a little bit. I'm gonna kind of be all over the place today and that's okay, I'm okay with it because um, It goes back to this church, it goes back to my old church, it goes back to what's to come. So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, In the beginning of the church, the Lord had Greg have to come in and make some roads of doctrine straight. That was the beginning of gospel revolution. And that just came from years and years of incorrect teaching of the gospel. We've all been at churches that aren't preaching what we hear here. We've all had a taste of that and so i really felt like the lord and greg knows it he knows in the beginning we had a lot of straightening out to do and that's okay because he was laying a foundation for where we're going because the lord said he's got a purpose and a plan for gospel revolution so in the recent years though just in the past few years i say maybe i don't know six years or so um, he started bringing us into another level of understanding the gospel and what actually happened at the cross not just what happened at the cross but what happened to us at the cross and what happened for us at the cross okay so um, today I felt like I wanted to share with you guys part of a journey that God's had me on for a while um, and he, he, he stole one of my whole little sayings here talking about last week and how this thing went down <laughs> because no lie Greg started preaching last week and about 15 minutes into the message the Lord took me off into a place and um, he started talking to me and never, and I can truly tell you this, this doesn't happen to me. This happens to Gary every time Greg's preaching, but it doesn't happen to me. And I felt the Lord say, Get your phone and start taking some notes. So I started taking all these notes and I'm just taking notes. And Greg's talking, but in the, I can hear it in the background. But I can honestly say from the 15 minutes into that message, I never heard another word that he said. The next thing I heard him say was, And I'm going to finish with this. <laughs> and I thought, Oh my, he's going to finish with this. What did I just miss? And the Lord's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about that later. I'm like, okay. So, um, and he said, but I do want you to go up to Greg and go tell Greg that you need to preach next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's, so you can, and you know, people were coming up to Greg and talking, but I'm like, come here, come here. And I had the shakes. And because when the Lord talks to me, sometimes I get shaky and I'm like, like, I know that I know. And I'm like, Greg, the Lord said, I need to preach next week. And he's like well no 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 like and i said no he said the message i th- what i need to say is i have to follow up on this message that you just preached and he goes but i have a part two to this message and he goes then i was going to preach so we, we 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 negotiated we haggled back and forth and then finally he submitted and um and it was nice it was nice and um it was so funny because later we gary and i had left and i'm in the car and all of a sudden i have this oh lord moment and i thought you want me to follow up to preach a message and follow up on what greg preached i never heard a word he preached like not a word and so he said to me he said it's okay you took notes we're good we're good calm down it's okay so i do want to go back to um i do want to go back to about 18 months ago when greg felt compelled um and started thinking on gospel revolution church putting on a conference and he was at the house and he was talking to Gary and I about it and you know weeks were passing and he really felt this burning in his bones that we have to do this and he said it's not just gonna be a conference it's a gathering like okay gathering I love that word gathering and he said it's not just for our body he said it's literally gonna be a gathering and a meeting of all of us all over the world because we have people watching and I know you guys are out there and we met most, most of y'all at the conference um, all over the world and he said God wants to bring us together and so we kept pondering that. And like he said, I, I just felt in my bones to start praying. Like, okay, Lord, what is this gonna look like? You know, why are you bringing us together? What do you wanna do in gathering us together? And then the name of the conference came out. And when Greg said the name of the conference, I just had this absolute concrete confirmation in my heart about something big was gonna happen because it was the beginning of the understanding of what, God, what was in God's heart when he told Greg to gather us together one body braided together that's a big deal one body braided together and I know Greg knew that that mess that that title in in and of itself had a big deep meaning and that something big was gonna happen in this gathering so as as we're getting closer to the gathering I was praying and I kept hearing the Lord say my children are gonna meet with me and I'm gonna do a really awesome and powerful work among them in and through them through this gathering and I'm like, okay. So I'm getting all excited and here comes November 2nd and we're on the plane, we're heading there and we start meeting people and we get to the conference and I still remember walking in that first night and there was, oh Lord, this is gonna be rough to get through. There was a thickness. There was like you were walking into something. There was a thickness, you could feel it in the air You could feel it in your spirit. You could feel it in your bones. And everybody was glowing and everybody had this excitement. And I'm not just, I I don't want to discredit anything to anybody that didn't physically get to be there because you are braided with us and you were fully there. We felt your presence because we know who wasn't there. But I can tell you, I had people being put on my heart to pray for that weren't there, but I knew they were being affected by what was going on. So it was really cool. So I want you to know you were there because God said you are braided together with us. So um, something powerful was taking place, and during the during the first part of the uh, the conference, God started giving me some visions. And God talks to me. He doesn't. I don't know. Say talks when God and I communed a lot. Um, he does show me things. He, he gives me little, little snippets of these little visions. And some of those visions were very powerful. And my heart was being moved. And I mean, they, they had a lot of trembling. I had trembling going on for four days. I'm like, what's going on here? But talking with people, everybody was feeling that. They didn't know exactly what it was, but they were feeling something. So um, we knew there was no denying that the Father met with us. Upon leaving there, we all knew that we were touched we were even changed and i think that's so important because um, that was his desire in his heart to gather together his children to reveal some things to us and i truly believe like that was a beginning but i also feel like it was a continuation of the real beginning from when he started us back in the day he made the road straight He laid a foundation. And he said, now you're braiding together. And that braiding together is is just a beautiful thing. So, um, you know, when we, we leave a conference, we're all on a high. We're on a Holy Ghost high. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was rolling for weeks. I was like, I was on fire. I was hearing from the Lord. I was praising God. I mean, we were all rolling. And then slowly, reality comes back. And when reality comes back, all of a sudden, here comes the world. You know, the holidays came right after. So everybody gets under the duress of that. And I feel like things started pressing in. And I stay, I stay pretty much up to date on social media. So I kinda know what's going on with people. If somebody's gotten sick or if somebody's going through something or somebody's requesting a prayer for something. So, um, including myself. I mean, this was the first holiday season I had to walk through with my mo- without my mom. My mom passed away in September. And so it was a rough time for me, but I know that the Lord was right there in the midst of it. Um, So when things like that happen for me, the first thing I usually do is, because i really felt pressed in on going into the holiday season. And I was reading, like I said, a lot of people were feeling a lot of stuff. And my heart was just like, Lord, we need to get through this, how we get through this. And Because um, we don't want to be plucked away from that thing we, we were feeling, that breathing, and that, that, that intensity. And what I do is I get out my headphones, I get alone, I go pull out an old message, and I'll start listening. Because I know that the Lord will speak to me through it. And I know that this is just all part of what He wants to do. It's all part of the message that He has determined specifically for this body to receive and to walk in so we want to stay there we don't want to get plucked out of that um and by the way I do have to admit I did go back this past week and listen to Greg's message okay I had to I mean I felt compelled so I did go listen to it and the first thing I thought was excuse me oh crap Lord I'm like Lord that's everything I was gonna share like what in the world and he I almost heard the Lord laugh and go don't worry you got notes you got notes you're good and, you know, the irony to that is when I sat down and I started putting this together, those notes didn't even play a part of what's coming on. <laughs> so, so we're just going to roll with whatever this is going to look like. So, um, like I said, I'd like to start with where the Lord began ministering to me back from the beginning, back from years ago. Um, but he has been building on something. And the building, the building moved into braiding. And now from braiding, we're going forth. So first, I I wanna just say a little bit of prayer (laughs) to get through this. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne. Lord, we know that we can come boldly before your throne, Lord, because of who we are. Father, my prayer today is that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Father, I pray that you will open the eyes, open the eyes of our understanding, God, in ways that we have never seen you before, Lord make it perfectly clear lord god that it is your words and not my words that are coming forth father we give you the glory and the honor and the praise because we adore you father for who you are and for what you've done in our life thank you amen okay so we're going to start with matthew 7 matthew 7 and 8 says ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened for everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks shall find, and to him that knocks it shall be opened unto him. Now, I don't usually work on Saturdays. I usually don't work weekends. But two weekends ago, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to go in and train someone. And that's all cool. I didn't mind doing it. We're good friends. And so I was training her. And some kind of a way the conversation of retirement came up. And so she was talking about, she's a doctor, and she was talking about, you know, what retirement's going to look like for her when she's going to do it. Um, And then she started asking me about Gary and about myself. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, that's going to happen. So so after we finished training, she went about her way. I went and said, you know what, Lord, I want to go walk because I needed to get my steps in. I'm all about getting my miles in and my steps in these days. So I'm like, I got to go walk. So I get my headphones out. I pulled out a message from last summer that I really enjoyed, and I started listening. So I went walking for about an hour and a half or so and then after the message end when it finished I was still thinking about the whole retirement thing and this is how I this is how I roll with God so um I find myself a lot of times talking out loud so I'm walking down the street I got the headphones on I'm freezing because it's cold I'm all bundled up and I'm like okay lord um this is what I said I said out loud lord I just cannot see I cannot see how this is going to happen. I can't even see how we can even make it work. And he said, you know what, Shelley? You're right. You can't see, but I can. (laughs) He says, don't you know that I've seen the end from the beginning? Um, Okay. I said, "Okay, Lord, that's great, but I don't see what you see. (laughs) You know, I'm going to argue with God because I do. I will argue with God. Greg showed me a long time ago that it is perfectly okay to argue with him. So as we continue walking, I heard him ask or continue talking, I should say. I think I was almost home by this time. I heard him say, do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. And then he asked me, do you know who you are to me? I thought that was a strange question because I know that I know the answer to that, too. (laughs) Um, So I got home and I started thinking about what he said. Now, what I will say going through this, um, when God and I talk, he asks me, I ask him questions. And just like when Jesus was on this earth and somebody would run up to Jesus and ask Jesus a question. Jesus wasn't always answering the questions. But what he did do is he would pose a question back to him. And that's what the Lord does to me. And so you're gonna hear a lot of questions today. Now, unlike Mo's sessions, when Mo preaches with his whiteboard, Mo asks questions, he puts out a microphone and he wants some answers, okay? But I'm not doing that today. We're not doing question and answers. What we're doing today is I'm gonna give you the questions that I pose, then I'm gonna give you the questions that the Lord poses back to me. Um, but I'm posing them to you because I want you to think of what's the first thought that comes in your head and in your heart when you hear these questions I want you to hear the Lord asking you those questions and you might get answers and you might not get answers but I'm hoping by the end of this the Holy Spirit will speak some answers to some of these questions so arguing with him I said okay I go home I sit down on the sofa and I'm like hmm get out my Bible okay God says who am I do you know who I am so I go to Genesis 1 instead of John I go to Genesis 1 in the beginning God okay God so I look up in the Hebrew what is what is that word God what is he referring to there and he's referring to Elohim Elohim is the one true God and then I hear the Lord say to me I'm not just God okay then I went to Genesis 1 Let us make man in our own image. I love let us. I cannot begin to tell you how much I love let us. It is something in my spirit, I love let us. It it just speaks to me. It speaks of the Godhead. It speaks of, he's not just God. He's Father, he's Son, he's Holy Spirit. And that has a depth of meaning that we are just, even at this point in our walks, even scratching the surface of to understand what that means. Okay, and I feel like we're, we're, on, we're, we're braided together and we're walking in this thing and it's getting deep in these waters and it's a beautiful thing, okay? So what I wanna ask you is, he asked me this. He said, Shelly, what do you think of when you think of father? So I'm asking you, what do you think of when you hear father? You can think of heavenly father. You can think of earthly father. Some people think of providers. Some people think a protector. Little kids, some little kids are like, my dad's my hero. Some guys think he's my friend. He taught me football, taught me to fish, taught me to hunt. He's my buddy, he's my friend. Well, as I was pondering this, God brought me back to a time when Gary and I used to do Bible studies with the girls. I used to homeschool my girls, and before homeschool started in the morning, Gary was indignant. We were going to get up early, and we are not early morning people, but we're going to get up early because he had to go to work, and we're going to do Bible studies. And during one of the Bible studies, Gary posed this to the kids. He said he talked with them sometimes about how in our lives, our earthly fathers can paint a picture of our Heavenly Father. And I'll be honest, I had never really truly considered that until he said it to the girls. And so. I'll ask you, what kind of father did you have? Did you have a nurturing father? Was he loving? Was he kind? Was he wonderful? Did he make you feel special? Or was he not a nurturing father? Maybe he was a disciplinarian. Maybe he was a little harsh. Maybe he. Not realizing it but maybe he made you never feel accepted by him so through my experience through my experience the image of my earthly father had distorted an image of my Heavenly Father and what I felt from him did in fact mar the picture I had of God the Father for years I spent most of my life um, I spent most of my life trying to please my earthly father I never felt like there was anything I ever did that was good enough for him. He wasn't a nurturer. He wasn't a hugger. I'll be perfectly honest, I don't know that I've ever heard my father, growing up, tell me that he loved me. Ever. Now, in my father's defense, because I do love my father, in my father's defense, um, I didn't know for a long time until the Lord started showing me. He said, Shelly, He doesn't mean to do what he does. He's functioning from death, just like most of the fathers in this world are functioning from death. He is only functioning from what he's he's experienced in his life. He doesn't know how to love you. He's doing the best he can. And that was a revelation God had to give me because I was hurt by my dad a lot. Um, just, Just never being accepted, you know, never, never. I mean, I tried and I tried and I tried, but nothing was ever good enough. And so sometimes when I was having those moments or him and I were having a moment, um, you know, I'd walk away, go in my room, and later, either that night or the next day, my mom would come to me. And my mom would say to me, she would say, Shelly, he loves you. He loves you, babe. He just, he just doesn't know how to show you. He loves you. And um, it, made, it made sense, but you know, for me, I just never had an experiential knowledge of that love. And that's what always was the reason that image marred the picture of my heavenly father. So let me ask you this. How many times as a Christian have you been told, God loves you? God loves you. How many times have people, when they were like ministering to you when you needed prayer or something, they always go, but God loves you. Well, let me ask you this. What's your first thought when you hear that? Is it, wow, he loves me. That's amazing. Oh, thank God he loves me. Or is it, how can he possibly love me? I know who I am. I know what I've done. I have failed him miserably my entire life. Phelan said this at the gathering. The life you are believing in is the life you are living. There is a powerful truth in that. So today we're gonna talk and we're gonna dig a little deep in what you're really believing, deep in the places that God wants to tap into. My first thought when I heard God loves you was the latter. How could he possibly love me? As a child, you don't have to tell a child to desire to be loved. A child is born with this love, with this, this wanting love from the parents. You know, where do we get that? Where did that come from? We were created from love. Love is a person. Love is the person, the father of the Godhead. That's who he is. And we were created to live from his love. But in this world, we're not finding that, are we? The thing about it is, is that man's earthly love is corrupt. It can never fulfill the longing and the desire of your heart. You can seek, you can do, there isn't anything you can do that corrupt love's going to fill that void in your life. It's just not going to. That in the beginning, God, and that let us God, or let us Father, He's not like the earthly love. He's not like the earthly Father. He doesn't function from corrupt love. He doesn't function from death. There is no death in Him. There's no death pressing in on Him. That's been dealt with, you know, that that's over. So I'd like to interject right here because I did, I did really feel this. There are some of you who had the most amazing fathers in the world. You did, he loved you, he praised you, he applauded you, he, he was there for you. I mean, you can honestly say, and I've met some people who have had wonderful lives growing up, but what I can tell you is he, that person is still a man and he's an imperfect man. And He can never give you the life that our Heavenly Father wants you to partake in. He can't give you that, no matter how good He is, no matter how much you love Him. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, and I'm not saying He isn't great, but what I'm saying is He's still imperfect. The life the Father desires us to walk in is His life and His love. So then I asked Him, who are you, God the Father? Because that's the Father I need to know. I need to know that deep inside my be- inside my being because I find myself even at this part of my Christian life and I've been a Christian for almost like right over 30 years now I still find myself with that marred image every now and then and I won't say it disturbs me but I will say it kind of shocks me sometimes you know that I could even go there so I've spent most of my life most of my Christian life seeing God through the lens of my earthly father And isn't that exactly what the enemy did? Isn't that exactly what he did in the garden with Adam and Eve? That's exactly what he did. He had to mar the image of God. He had to, because he knew if he could just get them to doubt who that father is, because see, Satan knows who the father is. He knows the truth. He knows. He knows that if we ever truly understood what he knows to be true, everything changes everything changes so when I began considering God the Father when I asked him that question he brought me to Jesus Jesus the Word of God so I went to one of my favorite scriptures which is just my favorite scriptures is John 17 and everybody I'm sure knows John 17 it's Jesus's favorite or I should say favorite I should say Jesus famous prayer before he goes to the crucifixion verse 1 begins with father that word father in the Greek is patir, P-A-T-E-R, patir. Pater. The definition of patir is this. God is called the father of Christians as those who through Christ have been exalted to a specially close and intimate relationship with God and who no longer dread him as a stern judge of sinners, but revere him as they're reconciled. Loving father That is an amazing definition That is I'm sh- I got I got goosebumps. I'm, I'm a little cold, but I got goosebumps from that. I Love the definition because I like when it says Especially the part where we've been exalted to a close and intimate relationship with God. So if that's true, I Have to ask myself Do I believe it? Because what I'm believing I'm living And if I believe it, why are there still times when I see my heavenly father through the lens of my earthly father, when I'm being pressed in on? Sometimes it almost feels like when we use the word father, we're hearing that God loves you. It's shallow, it doesn't have a deep meaning. So we gotta consider that. You know, on good days, when I'm in the spirit and everything's going well, man, I'm believing, I'm belie- I know who he is. I can tell you who my father is. It's deep, it's this love, it's Pater. But when the pressing in starts or a disease comes in or a, um, a traumatic experience happens, am I looking at Pater and feeling Pater or am I, am I just hearing that father word? You know, he's your heavenly father. When that person's ministering to me so I was thinking about this um, last week when Greg was preaching and I did hear this part um, after after worship last week when he was talking about the miracle song we were singing during worship then he said that there was someone who was feeling maybe forsaken by God because they didn't get their miracle and that kind of prompted this whole thought thing so I was wondering why is that why do we why do we feel that sometimes why do we feel that far away he's far away from us because in our heart of hearts we know he's not but why do we feel that and i said is it because we've not had a true experiential knowledge of our pet love so i know there was a time in my life you know years ago just from the beginning of my walk pre -pre pre-salvation post-salvation um that i was struggling for seeing the father for who he really was and as i began this journey so long ago back with that bible study he slowly started showing me over time brought me to the beginning and started saying shelly i've always desired to have a family from before the beginning of time my desire let us like greg spoke of or father son spirit they're a family they're a whole you know he he desired to have children and he desired for our lives to be born from the love of that family. And so I started saying, Well, Father, how does that happen? How does that happen? How do we get this experiential knowledge? And he said, Shelly, you are still not seeing. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with God telling me I don't see properly sometimes. That's okay. So Jeremiah 9 24 says, But let him who glories, there's my water, but let him who glories in this, let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That know in the Greek, I didn't write down the word, but that know is to know by experience. It's not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. It's something that's going to be deep in our hearts. Um. It's a, it's a level I don't think that we truly understand when we come to Christ. Would, would, that's the beginning, and we don't even know. It's a journey. It's a walk. It's a life that he's slowly manifesting in our lives, and he's bringing us deeper and deeper and deeper. But what I know that I know is he wants us to have that experiential knowledge of his love because, again, that changes everything. Yeah. Then he says to me, well, I say, how do we have that? How do we get that experiential knowledge of His love? And He says to me, I tell you, he's asked, he's asked me all these questions. I feel like I've been on this roller coaster ride this week with all the questions. But He says to me, "Do you know who you are to me?" And I'm like, "Sure, I know who you, who I am to you. I am your child." And again, when we say, "I'm your child," to God, you know, we like shaking our head. "I'm your child." Is it that same? God loves you? Or do we really understand the depth of what that means? So I just, I I pretty much, I guess almost in a little frustration, (laughs) I'm like, what does it mean? What does it mean that I am your child? What does it mean to me? What is it supposed to mean to me? Because obviously you're letting me know, I'm just bringing the truth. He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to experience something we've never experienced before. And especially this is about those moments when we think he's far away. He wants those moments, not that they will ever go away until Christ returns, but he wants us, he wants them to be far and few. He wants us to know that we know that we know. So God stopped me and he said, okay. He said, let me tell you who you are to me. He says, I have loved you with an unfailing love from before time. I'm not a being who dwells in your limited dimension. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I have seen the end from the beginning. And that is how I see you. And that is how I love you. I want to say this. um, What God does when he speaks to me. And i'm sure you feel the same way when he speaks to me he uses biblical language he uses biblical words that we're familiar with and i really truly believe the reason he does that he wants us to know it's his voice he has loved me with an unfailing love my husband has never said i love you with an unfailing love i mean it's just words like that it just doesn't roll i mean i know you do but you know But God uses those words because he wants us to know that we are hearing his voice. We're not hearing the voice of a stranger. Because the voice of a stranger can use words, loving, kind words. But God wants us to know that it is his voice that we're hearing. So during worship last week, i was standing up I'm having my eyes closed I'm a worshiper that has to have her eyes closed and I'm talking to God and I'm praying and I'm like Lord give me your eyes to see give me your eyes to see Lord I want to see what you see I want to see how you see me I mean I'm crying in my heart and then we were singing during worship the song good good father came on and as I was singing those words you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are, and I am loved by you. It's who I am. I heard God say, yes, like it startled me. Yes, that's who you are. That's who you are. You are my daughter. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the daughter of the king who has been given all things through Christ. There is nothing you need that has not been given to you because that is the father that I am. It was loud, it was clear, it was his language, it was his words. And at that moment, he gave me eyes to see. I saw myself worshiping. I could literally see myself like someone looking at me, worshiping in my heart, loving on him. And there was this, golden glow around my head and I'll be honest I don't know what that means nothing about it all I know is I saw some illumination around my head and then I saw his face shining like I'm looking at him and his face is glowing and it's shining and he's smiling with all his love and his adoration coming out of him to me and I'm coming unglued. I mean, I'm not lying. Tears are flowing. I'm coming unglued. Anybody was here, I'm a mess. That was my Patir giving me an experiential knowledge of his love. And it wasn't just the words he said. It was his spirit in me, in front of me, in me, allowing me to feel his adoration, the adoration of love that he has for me. This is the desire he has in his heart, and he has had in his heart from the beginning, from before time. It's a deep, intimate love that he has towards all of us. Greg went on to preach about how the cross led us to the Father, our Pater, through Christ. God wants to reveal to us who we are to him before time began he sees through a heavenly perspective that we don't see through that's how he sees us he sees us through the accomplished work of the cross and the resurrection he wants us to see how he sees so I asked him Lord what allows us to see as you see and he said he says well how do you see what allows you to see in the darkness he has a sense of humor light I started getting the answers right fast he says light okay and what do you use to see with Shelley? I mean sometimes he's got to talk to me like this eyes thank you eyes so John 1 4 says this is where I go in him Christ was life and the life was the light how do we share in that life everyone in this place should be yelling out by the, with the, the, the loudest voice right now through the faith of the Son of God. Okay, we know it guys, we know it, we know it. What, God, what Greg has been saying is true. We, every single message is built on the other one and we are at a place now that we have never been before. But God has wants to take this light and he wants to shine it so bright so that we see, we sing, see things we've never seen before. So if Jesus is the Word and the light it is only by him that we can understand and see who we are in the father the more we hear the truth of the cross and the resurrection the more the light reveals to us who we really are the more we hear the truth of the cross and the resurrection the more the light allows us to see how do we see we see with our eyes just like I said during worship last week God gave me his eyes he allowed me to see And i said how lord he said you have my eyes you've always had my eyes since i baptized you in my holy spirit you have had my eyes to see always his spirit are the eyes by which his light brings the revelation of how the father sees us as i pondered that and i pondered all of this little bit right here i started to think this is such a wonderful amazing beginning of the understanding of the Godhead I have heard pastors for 40 50 years preach on the Godhead and I have never heard an explanation as clear to me as this one it changes things it changes things when you see as he sees it changes things when we allow him to talk to us like a little child in kindergarten asking about light and eyes It changes things he says we have to be as children to enter into that kingdom there's another level of God's life he wants us to experience he wants us to have that experiential knowledge of who we are and his love for us the cross and the resurrection is where the light shows us who we are and the manner of life we can be living and experiencing right now a life without fear anxiety a lack of any kind a life that is full full of abundance this is the beginning of making us aware of who the true father is and who we are in him when christ rose from the dead the new man was brought forth the atonement happened People who know me in this church know I have been tooting the horn of the atonement for years now. Greg has preached three messages specifically on the atonement and what happened at the cross. Those messages changed my life. Those messages gave me eyes to see things that I had never seen before. If you've not listened to them, I think the first one was March of 2015, and then there's another one a couple of years after that, and I think the last one was in 22 or 23. Go listen to those messages you've never heard the truth of the atonement until you've heard those messages God said it is there at the atonement at the resurrection it is there that I bring forth the new creation the creation I desired from the beginning the old man has passed away behold all things are new he says my child this is how I see you I see you without spot or blemish I see you from the cross forward. I don't see you in when you were born. I see you from the beginning, the beginning of the new creation. He says, as Christ is, so are you in this earth. Now go walk in your newness of life. My life, it will manifest. It will come forth when you see who I see. When you use my eyes, my life will come forth. We have been set free from the old man. All things have been given. 2 Peter 1.3 says, He, the Father, has given you all things unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called you. That word knowledge, that word knowledge in the Greek, it is as intimate as intercourse, it says. The Father wants to be so intimate with us so intimate he wants his love the experiential knowledge of his love to be so intimate with us that we are one we are not two we are not separate we are one we're braided together we're braided together in a way in a way that we can be not be unbraided and I truly believe I truly believe this this journey he's got us on at Gospel Revolution and all the people around the world that are part of this body, we have been braided together. And he says, I've given you the eyes. I want you to see, I'm taking you to another place. I'm taking you on this journey. This journey is a beautiful journey. It is an amazing life. It is gonna be a life that you have never even considered that you could ever have experienced ever. But that's my life. And that has always been my desire from you. Always been my desire from my children. We're braided and that braiding is important God started this journey with me so many years ago in that simple Bible study and he has been faithful he has been so faithful and I I heard this word in my heart the other day he hasn't just been faithful he has been relentless he has been relentless his love is relentless to bring me to a place of seeing truly seeing and now being able to have an experiential knowledge of his love and his life. And that life declares a word. That word is light. The light expels the darkness. When you think the Father is far away, that is the darkness. And the light expels the darkness. That, light can't, that, that darkness can't touch us. It has to repel. It has to because that's who he is. The darkness has been conquered, it's done. It's done. When you're being pressed in on, and Jesus said we will be pressed in on, ask him, run to your pater, and he will allow you to see as he sees. He will. He will allow you to see the end from the beginning, that situation, whatever it is. He will allow you to see it and your peace, his peace will overshadow you in a way that you never even thought could possibly get through that thing. His joy will come to you because you've seen the end from the beginning. You know who he is. You know who you are in him. You know how faithful he is. You know how he, he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny you. I just get I get I get overwhelmed with this and um, you know God has been so faithful this week for me um, because I'm not gonna lie this is not something that's very comfortable for me but he has this week in so many ways confirmed in my heart the importance of this message and the timing of this message because there are people that have walked away from the conference and they are going through stuff and he's like, no, 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 no. You're braided together. There's one body, there's one life and it's mine. And I want you to walk in that. Don't think I'm far, I'm here, I'm here, I'm not far from you. I love you. When I say God loves you now, how do you feel? is it different from before all right I'd like to end with this cuz this is something that's been near and dear to my heart for a long time back at our old church before gospel revolution um, it was probably close to some time after the Bible study we had with the kids which was only a few years into our salvation we've only saved three or four years and following the service a lady got up and she went to the microphone she wanted to give a word and this word stuck with me. This word affected me. And I went up to her, she was a friend of mine, and I said, can I please copy that word? Because she had it written down. And I took that word, and I can honestly tell you, I have kept that word in my Bible for something like 25 years now. And I go back and I read it when I'm having those moments of far away, where are you, Lord? So what I'd like to do is, I wanna share it with you, but what I'd like to do is, I wanna ask everybody to close their eyes and I'm gonna share this word the Lord says to you everything you want all that you desire I am if you want to be pursued I am I have wooed you and drawn you to myself with my love if you want to be loved I am if you want security to not be let down, I am. I have never and will never disappoint you. If you were looking for forever, for eternal life, I am. I will never leave you nor forsake you. All that you have hoped for, all that you desire, all that you are looking for, desire or seek to fill you, I have already given you because I am. Lord, we we are eternally grateful for who you are and for who we are to you. Lord, we love you. And Father, we know the depths of your love is even a truer, greater way now. And Father, my prayer going forward is that everyone who has been braided together in this body, Lord, knows this truth and is going to begin to walk in the experiential knowledge of your love and your life. Father, we give you glory and honor because we exalt you for who you are. We love you. We praise you. Amen.